Sports Radio 93.7, the Fan Panthers insider rolls on, and we roll out to the phone line with a, a proud coach, Coach Dave Wanstead. Coach, good morning. Pat, what's up? What's up, man? I know you. You know you're busy. You got grandkids stuff today, but it's Super Bowl weekend, oh, and man. I know you got a lot of I, duties on that front too. I uh, yeah. Well, I'm here in Chicago while our house gets rebuilt in uh, in Naples, and uh, so yeah, I got six grandkids. I was at a basketball game last night, a hockey game last night, and I've got three events today. I'm heading to. So it's fun, though. You know what? I, I normally would miss this stuff, so uh, it's a blessing. Uh, good and bad with everything. It's all a matter how you look at it. You know that. No question. All about perspective. And speaking of perspective and, and, and being a, a dad, a grandfather, also a coach, um, what's, it, what's it like to not just have one, and this is, this is probably unique. I haven't even thought about this, to, to, be, to, to have coached one Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee that, was, that got their call this week in college and one in the pro with Darrell Revis and, and, and Zach Thomas with the Dolphins. What does that mean to you as a coach? Well, it's it's great for the players. You know, that's the first thought that comes to your mind. It's w- so well-deserved. Uh, you love seeing them get the recognition that they earned. And, and, and both guys, I mean, you know, different paths, obviously, different positions, but uh, uh, both of them, uh, both of them really had uh, – uh, that work ethic, it, they did the things, Pat. Everybody just thinks that great athletes uh, end up in a Pro Bowl. And, and there are, to some extent, some. But when you look at Darrell Rivas, and one of the first stories that jumped at me at Darrell was we went up and played Cincinnati up there. I think it was my second game, maybe, here at Pitt. And uh, he dropped a punt uh, at about the 15-yard line. And Cincinnati recovered it, and they scored. We ended up winning the game. But the next day, when we went out on the field for practice, uh, whatever time we were supposed to be out there, I usually go out, went out early and kind of messed around with the specialists a little bit, the kickers. And uh, I was heading out onto the field, and there was one guy on the field, and he was catching punts. And I went out, it was Durrell. And we stood there, and he says, Coach, that doesn't happen to me. You don't know me that well. You're just getting to know me. That that does not happen. But the point was that here he was, you know, going to be a first round draft pick, and that bothered him so much that he let himself and the team down by mishandling a punt. He was on the field early. He didn't talk about it. He backed it up with how hard he trained, and uh, you know, that's that's a story for all young kids. I think that to think this stuff just happens by accident. It doesn't, Pat. You know that. No, it doesn't. And obviously, he, he, his, he'll forever be remembered for the return against West Virginia with Derek Kinder blocking two guys. You had a front row seat for that one. But he also, uh, obviously, Revis Island is, is the moniker. H- how did he change the game with his ability to lock guys down? It, 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 he, he may be the best to ever do it. Yeah, you know, the, the biggest change I, I think that Darrell did was they were able to, and we did a little bit of it at Pitt now, because we did, I did a, some of it in Dallas and hadn't done it in years, but we would put in a coverage where we would roll up or we would double cover their best guy. We called it that old roll, three-roll pad at Pitt. Yep. And, and Darrell would always go opposite, and he would cover the next guy. And you, and you knew that you hoped that they threw to, to the next guy. 
but we were eliminating the best guy, and then we, we put Darrell over there. And, and so and then when he ended up at New England, it really came to light with Bill Belichick, even before uh, or right around the Rebus Island time with Rex Ryan up there at the Jets. Bill Belichick used Darrell all different ways. I mean, he even took it to another step of, of he would use him, obviously, in some double coverage. Most of the time, he would match him up either on the best guy or the second guy. They would put in zone coverages <clears throat> where they could take advantage of him. So they really built the secondary around Darrell to take away best receivers. And, and there are not many players that could do that. And, you know, I, I doubled up with Darrell. When I was at Tampa Bay Bucks for that one year, we brought Darrell in as a free agent. And I remember going out to dinner with him and Sean Gilbert and everybody, and Darrell came with us with Tampa for that one year. He wasn't healthy, but we were talking. And, uh, you know, when I said to him, Darrell, I've, I've coached a lot of great corners. You are so physical. And I think that's what separates him, Pat. His physicality uh, – to play corner, I said, you can go to safety right now and probably play another five years if you wanted to. I mean, you know, most of these corners today, they think their job is to cover, which it is. Where Darrell Rivas, and, and I said this on, I'm a part of this 33rd team, he's the most complete corner in my mind that I've ever been around or coached in the National Football League. When I say complete, I mean he could cover the best. He could, he could make plays on the ball. His hand-eye coordination was the best. His physicality to play the run was the best. Uh, uh, you know, the guy just checked all the boxes. That's why he's the first ballot. No, no doubt about it. And, and a guy, too, when talking to Coach Dave Wanstead, you coached in Miami, who was in his 10th season of eligi- tenth year of eligibility for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I know this is a guy, in, in talking to you about your time in Miami, which you had some really good teams down there. Um, this was the guy at the center of it and Zach Thomas, and I watched him as a kid. I mean, one of the most physical, tough middle linebackers you've ever seen. You know, how, how rewarding is it to see him finally get his Canton call? Well, you know, we, t- we talk about preparation all the time with players, but how about a linebacker that's 5'10", you know, uh, 200 and some pounds, runs a 4'840", and the guy's in the Hall of Fame, and that's what Zach Thomas was. Why was he? I'll give you a real quick story. He made about his second or third Pro Bowl, and we're in the middle of training camp, and he comes in my office and says, can I talk to you? And I said, sure, what's up, Zach? And he says, Coach, what do you think? What are you thinking this year? And I said, what do you mean, what am I thinking? I'm thinking we're going to go to the Super Bowl. And he says, no, 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 For with me. You th- my chance is good to make the team. And I said, Zach, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're the captain. You're a three-time Pro Bowler. He says, Coach. Every practice I go on the field, I practice and mentally and physically, like it, I prepare myself like this could be my last practice and I am going to maximize that opportunity. And there's another lesson, you know, for these young kids out there. Here's a three, four time pro bowler and he's concerned and he's practicing like, you know what, if I don't, if I don't play at this level in practice, I may not make this team. So, so Zach was just preparation king. That took him over the top. You know, last one for you, Coach. I know you're going you're going from place to place. You know, Super Bowl week, obviously you've got experiences with it, obviously both in the media but also having coached in the game in preparation and the media duties. But we're getting close to game time. And I just want to ask you about your kind of outlook for this game because, you know, this is a pit show, but, but we can't not talk about the Super Bowl. And, and 
you know, I grew up an Eagles fan, full disclosure. I don't see how Kansas City can block that front. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, you're right. And they, they, the key is to get them in passing situations, though, Pat. The, the, you know, the, Philadelphia's one of the best running teams in the NFL. First, first down is going to be critical for the Eagles. If they can run the ball, pick up three, four yards on first down, the Eagles are going to be right where they want to be. If they get behind the chains, if they penalties, uh, it drop passes or unsuccessful runs, then I think advantage goes to Kansas City because now it's third down, and that was not what, what Philadelphia does. That's not how they make a living. Uh, you know, so, so that's going to be a key for them. But, but, I, but I don't know. I, I like Philadelphia because they're old school. They run the ball. They play physical. They rush for, you know, they do a lot of things that I believe in philosophy-wise. This is really a matchup of old-school football versus modern razzle-dazzle football with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Well, I love it. Thanks for the breakdown, Coach. Get to that, uh, that practice or that game, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time. All right, Pat. Anytime, buddy. Let me know. Bye-bye. All right, there he goes, Coach Wanstatt.